This is Tonkamon episode 84. This week we'll be going over Mason Okoku volumes 11 and 12. My name is Cole Greco and join me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. I guess it, I was, I enjoyed the week off from this series and coming yes. back to it with, with fresh eyes. I'm, I'm not sure if this is because the series got better or because I just like hadn't read it in a while, but I mm-hmm. feel like we hit we hit a slight like upturn in the series quality i liked these volumes much better than the really really boring ones last week i agree because i don't think i don't know what the off the top of my head when we get the summaries i will but like i don't remember their like what the arc is in this one which i think is like a a a good thing (laughs) Like, yeah. it, it just means there was, like, people hanging out. I guess the, the major article was, like, Godai not, you know, like, not having a job, like, losing his job and stuff. But that one was, like, much less annoying than any of the the relationship ones. Kind of the, the non-relationship arcs in this are always pretty heat, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's the filler stuff that's actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, do we want to hop into volume 11 here? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right, volume 11 starts uh, with chapter 107. Godai is moping around because he believes that Kyoko and Mitaka are getting married. Kyoko tries to set the record straight, but he ignores her and tells her he doesn't like her anymore, and Kyoko kind of walks away crying. This is uh, a little bit of an extended arc um, that we get, but I think it's it's still pretty all right. I do like <laughs> there's some good panels of uh, Godai just like, moping and feeling bad for himself it's like page seven of this chapter he's just like sitting against his bed like <laughs> looking so sad um that i think are, are pretty good yeah um that's like i feel like this whole thing where like godai is still worrying about kyoko and mitaka's relationship status mm-hmm. i guess it's not really like an arc but that specific like theme is basically starts at this chapter and ends at the end of the next volume that's yeah. like all that really happens mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's the only like real plot progression <laughs> it's weird because i think at at the beginning of the series i actually kind of liked mitaka better than a lot of the secondary characters mm-hmm. but until volume two of this episode i feel like we still haven't really seen any character progression and yeah. even with what's about to happen, it's still not that major. Mm-hmm. He's He and a lot of these other characters are so static. And it's kind of disappointing because this is supposed to be like a character-driven series. Mm-hmm. But the characters aren't driving anywhere. Well, and that's kind of the thing, too, is we've been... We're at like four or five in, you know, in-universe years. And there's been no growth for any of these characters, like at all and i'm not saying we yeah. need like a ton of character development or something like that but like man godai is exactly the same as he was in chapter one kyoko same as in chapter one and i feel like it's presented like there's this air of growth or something like that right like oh godai is mm-hmm. gonna like grow up and then he'll be able to get with kyoko but like that that just straight up does not happen yeah I, that is interesting i was thinking about the passage of time too like at this point i'm kind of with everybody talking mm-hmm. about Kyoko like not being able to get over stuff because it's been like what seven years since Soichiro died I mean yeah it, but I, it, I'm not gonna tell somebody how to grieve mm-hmm. but like well, come on and it's still talked about almost as like he just passed away last year like there's yeah. n- nothing <laughs> nothing like ever really changes and also I just thought about it where's it miss where's Mrs. Ichinose's son he's gotta be like 15 by now that's true. He just disappeared. I've seen, I guess, that, like, that, seen that guy been, for, forever. It would have been interesting to see, because that would have been some just straight up artificial growth you could have put into the series. Mm-hmm. Like He's obviously going from a kid to a young adult, so he's not going to be the same person. Yeah. That's something where you wouldn't really have to thought much about it. You could have mm-hmm. just been like, oh, he got a little bit older and maybe he feels bad about how he treated some of the other characters in the series or maybe he's trying to come to terms with his abusive parents yeah or or living in this ridiculous like setting <laughs> <laughs> exactly like he he's gone through some trauma here we could have mm-hmm. reckoned with that a bit more yeah um all right in chapter 108 kyoko gets a travel voucher from her family and plans a solo trip she leaves the itinerary on her door uh 
kind of sort of hoping that Godai will find it. And Godai finally realizes that Kyoto has feelings, or Kyoto, Kyoko has feelings for him. And after finding the itinerary, he heads out on the same trip. The two end up on the same train, but don't realize it. This little mini arc, I think, was actually pretty, pretty fun. They're like, they're, you know, they, they almost find each other like a number of times. Um, mm, and like kind of yeah. keep missing out. I think, I think this arc was pretty decent. Yeah. Once again, this gives us an opportunity to see more well-drawn locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this great panel in page 18 of chapter 108 that looks like a city pop album cover where yes. Kyoko is like <laughs> looking out the window of the train and her reflection is superimposed over a cityscape. Mm-hmm. It's moments like that that remind you like Takahashi is a really great illustrator. I think sometimes the characters themselves are a bit phoned in, but yeah. like everything else feels really proportional mm-hmm. and well thought out. And I do like the very last page of this where we see the train itself taking off and then we've got the overhead shot of godai and kyoko sitting on opposite sides of the same train like seat and mm-hmm. not noticing each other yeah yeah I a think lot of cool it. moments in this chapter specifically it feels very movie like mm-hmm. yep there's also <laughs> um there's this part where on the i guess like the second to last page where um they go to Mitaka's apartment or like, it, you know, like it kind of flashes over to Mitaka's apartment and shows he's got like this puppy now. And the dog yes. is like a quarter of the size tiny. of a milk carton. <laughs> what? It's just so small. This dog is like yeah, that... one and a half by one and a half inches. Yeah. Forget what I said about the proportions. That does not apply to living things. Only no. inanimate objects and buildings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, chapter 109, Godai and Kyoko spend the first couple of days of the trip kind of always being in the same area, but never quite seeing each other. It's basically this entire chapter is just like them, like, you know, one person shows up and it's like, oh, I wonder if Godai is here. And then like she walks away and Godai is like right around the corner. Um, there are some cool illustrations, as we mentioned last chapter, there's this one on page, uh, seven, I guess it's just like the, the outside of like this hotel or something, um, that, that, that panel just looks really cool. Those like some ripped straight out of like Yotsuba. Um, yeah, but yeah, I thought the chapter was, the chapter was all right. I, like I said, uh, this little, this is like a, a cliche kind of, kind of gag or joke, but I think it works enough. Yeah, I do like this running gag that we have of like, because this has been going on through the whole series of Godai kind of like having this really vivid scene going on in his imagination. And then we snap back to reality. He's, you know, running into a wall or Mm -hmm. like making out with a pillow about to jump off of a bridge and people are very concerned for him. Like, Mm -hmm. Honestly, I hate to be on some like fan theory redditor type of timing, but like Godai actually is going through psychosis through this entire series. He he's lashing out, he's violent, he's having he he can't distinguish between fantasy and reality. He's yeah. he's he his suicidal ideation is <laughs> like spilling over into his just everyday life mm-hmm. he's constantly running towards the abyss <laughs> i think you're i think you're onto something this is like the uh you know the phineas and ferb or fabrications in candace's mind type type thing or like any number of those rugrats theories i think i think this is a. Uh, I think i think you might be right <laughs> Yeah, something something's going on here. I'm I'm concerned for him as well. Mm-hmm. Also, love in the on the last page, Godai falls into this hole in the sand, and it's got the sign that says "Watch your step." But like, there's just a mound of sand. You could have easily filled the hole. Yeah, and also put that sign like a few paces ahead of the actual step. They put yeah. the sign like right, right after the step where you mm-hmm. would fall through, fall yeah. through the earth. <laughs> Um, chapter 110, Godai and Kyoko uh, finally find each other, but uh, it's in the baths of a hot spring. Um, we get yet an... I think we've already had the kind of the hot spring gag chapter, um, and we sort of uh, get it again here, but they yeah, they finally finally meet each other um, in the, the connected men and women's hot springs. <laughs> yeah, that was the last... Uh, I think that was the last Mason and Koku episode we did. 
Mm-hmm. The whole whole gang went to the hot spring baths. Yeah. Yeah, so this was, you know, this was fine. It was just them finally finally meeting up. But, you know, more more great shots of locations. We get this cool one of uh like people walk up the stairs to go to like this temple. We get another one. It's like this aerial view of, I guess, like the hot spring kind of resort area that looks pretty cool. Um yeah, this this volume, if anything, has some just fire fire locale. I do like when they're sort of like in hidden behind the steam of the hot springs itself. The characters they look like a shadow like Soichiro, but they're not just like completely shaded in with black. It's this screen tone that almost looks like television static. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a cool like special effect that they mm-hmm. used. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also this last page looks like something ripped straight out of like Kamen Rider, the, the facial expression and stuff. You can tell like <laughs> yeah. this, this manga is old. <laughs> um, chapter 111, uh, Godai passes out in the bath and Kyoko has, to, has him taken to her room. The two talk but never really open up to each other and they agree to spend the next day together. But then Mrs. Ichinose calls about a broken water pipe. Uh, first thing in the morning, Kyoko heads back and Kyoko... Godai uh, stays on the trip. Uh, uh, these matching robes that they're wearing, pretty sick. They yeah, have those are awesome. These like, um, how many sides are that? I think it's like a sexagon or a mm-hmm. heptagon or something. Yeah, but weird, weird looking design. I kind of dig it. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm interested to know if I feel like Miss Ichinose broke the water pipe on purpose. Absolutely, she looks way too happy. To yeah, she's so she's Kyoko so pumped, and there's just water like spewing out of like the wall or something. Yeah, and then we've got um, the salaryman guy holding what looks to be like a piece of the plumbing in his mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I mentioned it before, but Miss Ichinose really looking like a Steven Universe character here with that Calart smile. Mm-hmm like spot on she's got the bean shaped mouth the extremely square teeth yep yeah she's 100 percent a cartoon network character from like 2013 yeah it's weird i I think i feel like the official like in-house cartoon network style from five or six years ago definitely has to have specifically been influenced by takahashi especially any of the like ranma episodes that i've watched even more so than this look very ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to check out Ranma. I'm a I'm a little less likely to check it out after reading Mason Okoku, but uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see a, a Takahashi thing that's like more about action, I guess. Yeah, for um, sure. Chapter 112, Goda is struggling for rent after uh, he has to pay for his trip. He decides to tutor elementary school kids to make some extra cash, and Yagami takes this opportunity to trick him into tutoring her so she can spend time with him. Man, I forgot that Yagami was even in these chapters, and yet she's still just insufferable. I've been talking a lot about the way Takahashi draws noses in the past few episodes, Mm -hmm. but tell me on page two right here that... Yagami doesn't look like one of the characters from the Goofy movie. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, she absolutely does. Yeah, she looks like it's, the. Uh, it's actually insane. Uh huh. <laughs> she looks like Roxanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I was thinking too. Um, looks like uh that character from Hunter Hunter. She's like the the new like chairman or whatever of the hunter oh yeah hunter board that she's like the mouse the about. mouse one or something like that i don't know what she's supposed to be but yeah she looks like that too <laughs> man i i really feel like we haven't talked enough about how alarming it is that godai is employed by like a preschool and then is like man i need to go tutor some elementary school kids like I think the show or the series is trying to be like, yeah, Godai is like really, he'd be a really great parent because he's good with kids. But like, man, this dude is a, this dude is a sex offender or yeah, should be one. Yeah. Like, you can't, keep you him can't away have this dude. Kids. Yeah. You can't be having him around, around children. That's, that's just like insanely irresponsible. I do like this, uh, little sequence where, um yagami's younger brother is hanging around the whole like apartments group of tenants and they're mm-hmm. all like drinking and smoking at the table 
around this little kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that feels very uh, par for the course for the, the, the Akoku. Yeah, I, also, know, I know it smells horrible in there. Oh, yeah, it has to. It's like the pepper pot in there, dude. <laughs> um, th- I also like this little illustration that's like the very last uh, page. I think it was just like kind of the throw in to fill out the, the volume pages, but it's uh, just Yagami like walking to school or something like that. I think that illustration actually looks really cool. It's a, it's like a shame she's such a cool or such a terrible character because mm-hmm. she has one of the cooler designs out of all the like female characters in this series. I even thought the like opening chapter illustration for 112 was really cool. Yeah. But hair textures are on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say she's got a cool she at least has a different cut than everyone else too. She's got very like very thick hair here. Yeah, that's the thing. She's one of the few characters that actually has like a cool hairstyle that's mm-hmm. not a background character that you never see again. Because actually in this next chapter here, I thought some of the like, you know, random throwaway characters had much cooler designs than everybody else. Yeah, I agree. Um, chapter 113, Godai is tutoring Yagami, but uh, no tutoring is really happening, and Yagami is annoyed that she can't really be alone with Godai. She then tricks him into tutoring her at her house while her parents were gone, uh, except they come home early, and now Godai has to hide in the closet. This is a classic tropey, tropey chapter, I guess, a little bit, except for the sense that Godai doesn't want to be there and still has to hide in the closet. So I guess that's right. like a little bit funny, but... Yeah, this one was probably one of the better Yagami chapters, I think, um, just because it was kind of funny to have to like shove Godai into the closet here. Yeah, I at least appreciate that Takahashi is willing to address how weird and unright the situation is. Yeah, yeah, that a her rare, parents that her parents rare... would be mad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's a rare. Uh, I got to hand it to Takahashi's sense of morality here, which is rare. Yes. At least, yeah. at, least she's, <laughs> at least she's not rocking with this. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter 114, Yagami's dad vows to kill any man who is like kind of sniffing around his daughter due to the wedding he just went to. Yagami and her mom are then able to sneak Godai out of the house. <laughs> I love just how enraged Yagami's dad is. And there's all these panels where he's like just screaming. There's one where there's like lightning and like fire kind of cracking in the background. <laughs> Yagami's dad, maybe one of the maybe one of the the best characters in this whole series. I also like that he's just like constantly, you know, enraged for no reason mm-hmm. and will also sort of he can be calmed down for no yeah. reason either. <laughs> he he has no free will. He's just his entire person is guided by pure animal instinct and rage. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. I also love the uh love their couch, dude. That that print they have on it is so sick. Oh yeah, damn! I didn't even really notice that. Mm-hmm. The window in their house is pretty cool too. I think Takahashi should have gone into architecture. Like, dude, for real? Yeah, she should. Yeah, she should have been a, like a designer. Because, yeah, honestly, this whole house just kind of looking at it, it's like they've got this like brick. Uh, I feel like their entryway looks pretty sick. Yeah, dude, I'd I'd live in this house. Also, the final panel here where uh, Yagami is, like, sitting in the windowsill and the window is, like, floating in space. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That could be an album cover or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Also love Godai, like, getting all the way home without without his shoes because he forgot them. Like... <laughs> you really didn't notice that? That's, yeah. That's he funny. was in such a hurry, he forgot his shoes. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, chapter 115, when Godai escaped, he accidentally left his shoes. As we mentioned, Yagami comes to return them, but is intercepted by Yotsuya. The two devise a plan where she can keep coming over. Yotsuya will be tutoring her. Godai and Kyoko are worried because Yotsuya is a pervert. Um, you know, real, real pot calling the kettle black thing we've got here with Godai uh, right. talking about that. Um, they peep on the two studying, but are found out, and now they are going to study in Godai's room uh, until Kyoko rats Yagami out to her teacher. Um, I thought this chapter was actually pretty fun. Um, I like Yosia just always like conspiring against Godai any chance he gets. 
I do like this thing where like Yotia has this like weird frog toy. It's like a frog that has like a little cord going out of it. And it's attached to a handheld pump. Mm-hmm. So I guess if he like presses down on it, the frog pops out. <laughs> Never seen anything like that before. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. It's pretty, pretty good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love the pay. <laughs> I love the illustration of Yagami like kicking this volleyball so hard <laughs> that her shoe flies off. And the volleyball mm-hmm. like reaches thirty feet of elevation too. Yeah, she kicked it. Sh- I don't even know the angle on this. She kicked it. The launch angle on this kick is is insane. Yeah, we we need Statcast to calculate <laughs> the exit velocity here. This is like one hundred fifteen miles per hour. <laughs> Probably like a 50 degree vertical launch angle. Yeah, we've got Giancarlo Yagami over here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this chapter. I also like how the, uh, once again, the, the sort of head teacher lady is the only like reasonable person in this entire manga. Yeah, she, she takes the cake for like actual best character in the series. The, mm-hmm. the best girl is the like 50 year old school <laughs> headmaster yep um chapter 116 yagami crams for her exams and does well meaning that she can continue going to the yokoku yagami and kyoko sort of fight for godai to choose one of them and when he doesn't kyoko leaves and godai chases after her uh the two almost kiss but are interrupted by the other tenants uh once again classic just like pure mason Koku chapter chapter here i'm gonna be real like Kyoko beefing with a high school student to this level where pure she's insanity. Like, yeah, she's like turning red. She's got you know uh, screen tone flames <laughs> erupting from behind her head. Like that's that the only thing more shameful than Godai allowing himself to you know continue being wrapped up in this weird one sided relationship <laughs> is Kyoko actually like beefing with a child over a guy mm-hmm. yep we also get the rare appearance by um nikaido in this one this dude really just joined the joined the team and did absolutely nothing after the real shelly duncan had like two weeks <laughs> exactly. of fire and then he's just like oh he, he's back up again huh yeah yeah he's he's a true role player yep <laughs> Like what what was the purpose of introducing him? His like four or five chapters were so insufferable and all for yeah, dude, all for nothing. Yeah, in basketball terms, this dude averages like two minutes per game and like one block, one rebound. Yep. Dude is the ultimate just like twelfth man. Yeah, yeah, he's club trillion every single game. <laughs> Um, and then our final chapter for this volume, chapter 117, it's time for the Christmas party at Chachamaru. I feel like this is our 10th Christmas party chapter. Um, yep. e- everyone is there, including Yagami, and Yagami and Kyoko uh, get into it about whether or not Kyoko likes Godai. And Kyoko is never able to give Godai the sweater she uh, got him. At the end, Yagami is fed up and calls Kyoko a coward. I didn't really understand sort of the point of this chapter, what we were what we were doing here. It's like... Yagami gets mad at Kyoko that she won't tell Godai that she likes him, or I don't know. This this chapter was pretty pretty lame. Honestly, I couldn't even think about that because the most noticeable thing in this chapter is that they're like Kyoko's out here not only beefing with a kid, but also giving alcohol to minors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just irresponsible all the way through yeah i'm starting i'm starting to warm up to godai now i think kyoko is actually the real villain in this series i mean i could yeah i could be i could definitely be convinced (laughs) um all right do you have any more volume 11 notes we moving over to to volume 12 here yeah so in 12 we get more of like a we get some more concrete story threads moving through these chapters. It's actually a really long volume, too. I think it's 11 chapters for some reason. Mm-hmm. The chapters are shorter, though, because this one's like 18. I think there are a couple like 15-page chapters in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in 118, Mitaka sends Kyoko a card inviting her to meet up so he can show off the results of his training. She doesn't really get what he's talking about. Meanwhile, we see that Mitaka has actually adopted a dog of his own named Makinro and has conquered his fear. Later, Soichiro goes, amaz- er, goes missing and Mitaka offers to help find him. He finds the dog and brings it over to Kyoko and then like just stands in front of him and pets it and looks extremely proud of himself before promptly leaving without a word. Godai and Kyoko are left totally confused as to what point he was trying to make. I thought this one was pretty funny, and I yeah. love that the dog's name is McEnroe, mm-hmm. like, because he is a tennis player, Yep, and he's just probably naming the dog after his idol. Yep, I, I love, love it. That. There's also, there's maybe the best uh, three-panel sequence of this entire series in here, where they're talking about the ninja learning to jump, and yeah. it's like this awesome little like chibi drawing of a ninja like jumping over this little sapling and then just like leaping over a tree on the third panel it's so good like those those things i was like yeah i bet ranma is awesome (laughs) yeah that the way the ninja was drawn it looked like something out of super mario brothers Mm -hmm. like the super flat drawing and the angle yep very cool Mm -hmm. in anything else from 118 or you want to move on uh no we can move on yeah there was some cool some cool like outfits of them like walking around uh like the new year's shrine like anytime people are in like the oh yeah kimonos and stuff or whatever those are always really cool but yeah nothing else really to have yeah i feel like we just saw a new year's chapter that's the thing like, man we're we're getting a year a chat a year per per episode <laughs> yeah it's nuts i i wonder if this series was as part of me is like, was this series kind of written in real time? I think this mm-hmm. was a bi-monthly series. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were trying to sort of like make things happen yeah. as they were happening in real life. Yeah, That's my could... only <laughs> guess. Yeah, it could be that like, yeah, you're right. Like if it's coming out twice a month, then yeah, every every couple volumes you'd have a have a year go by. So yeah, that that kind of makes sense actually. In uh, chapter 119, Mitaka begrudgingly pays Asuna another visit, but hopes to finally break off the engagement once and for all, especially now that he's no longer afraid of her dogs. While he's there, Mitaka's uncle comes to the Ikoku house and begs Kyoko to break up with him. Kyoko is basically like, what are you talking about? Uh, We're not a thing. We're not going to get married. Meanwhile, Asuna is so overjoyed to see Mitaka that he's too guilt-ridden to do anything. As he leaves, his uncle shows up and tells him that Kyoko has no intention of marrying him, doesn't want to be with him anymore, and that he should focus on Asuna completely. Some real sick panels of me talking with the dogs. There's this one where he's like driving in the car and all the dogs and Asuna sort of like pop up around him. It looks like a like a pop-up book. Um, that panel's that pretty sick. Great. And there's these ones of him at the end, like, just, like, throwing a ball with the dogs and stuff like that that uh, look really great, too. Yeah, I I enjoyed that sort of subplot of Mitaka becoming a dog person. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it wasn't revol- uh, revolving around Asuna, these would have been some of the, the better chapters, but Asuna is, is like Yagami, absolutely insufferable. In uh, chapter 120, Mitaka tries to break things off with Asuna again, but he just can't stop playing with her dogs. Later, Godai gets laid off from the daycare as the economy enters a recession. <laughs> that The ending of this chapter is really funny. It kind of happened in the last uh, episode, too, where Godai thinks he's going to get hired and thing, the company just, like, dissolves at the end of the volume. In this case... He does get the job, but then his job ends up, you know, falling through because the economy is just doing so poorly. Mm-hmm. And I love like the, I love what she's doing with like that. She has these kids like blowing the bubbles and stuff. Like it looks like real last chapter of a manga type thing, and then like they all just like <laughs> pop at the end. It's hilarious. Yeah. The. The other underrated subplot in Mason Akoku is seeing the Japanese economy wax and wane. Like right <laughs> now, we're seeing we're seeing a downward trend and the story's getting progressively more depressing. Yep. We also get the return of Godai's potato shirt. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's back again. 
I do yeah, like that I was, they, he, I was has, like, he has like a wardrobe that he it's not like infinite. He has to, you know, he does have to wear the same shirt twice. If you look up the chapter summaries on the Rumic World website, there will mm-hmm. occasionally be like scans from the actual magazine issues that show, you know, things you can send away to get Mace on a Koku merch. And I think it's a crime that none of them included a replica of the potato shirt. It's all just like a t-shirt that has one of the characters' faces on it. Like, yeah. I want the clothes from the actual series. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When we start up the, the Tonkaban, Tonkaban clothing, that's what it will be. It'll be shirts from, like, Mason Koku or, uh, you know, Sket Dance or something. Yeah, the only thing they did have was a rep of the apron that has a little, mm. like, cartoon chick that says, mm-hmm. like, P.O.P.O. on it. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's sick. I need that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um... <laughs> in chapter 121 godai can't bear to tell kyoko that he's been let go so he just spends the day wandering the streets nearly jumping off a bridge in a fit of depressive angst the next day before he can tell kyoko what's up she wishes him good luck and makes a special lunch for him complete with like the little octopus shaped hot dogs you see in anime i don't know if people <laughs> do that in real life but People are always doing that in bento boxes and oh, animation. Sir. Yeah, they certainly do it in manga. <laughs> he feels so bad about the effort that she put in that uh, he just allows the lies to continue. The little pan where he almost jumps off into the uh, jumps off the bridge into the traffic is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, there's this whole running joke of Godai like. A, attempting to kill himself (laughs) because he's going through this like hallucinatory psychotic episode Mm kind of crazy yep um but yeah i thought this chapter was the chapter was all right i uh love the um what is this kyoko's uh not dad but um i guess it's uh soichiro's dad he's got this real cool like robe on looks pretty sick that's true and I do like this uh, Letterman jacket mm-hmm. that Godai's been wearing that says YG on it. Because I, yep. I guess that's his initials, like Godai Yusaku. Mm-hmm. At first I was thinking of the West Coast DJ <laughs> Mustard collaborator YG. But yeah, that would be awesome. Alas, that's just not possible. Also do like how um, the, the bento box is drawn. The uh, the little octopus things are pretty adorable. Yeah, that looks that looks fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, in chapter 122, Sakamoto offers to help Godai get a, quote, public relations job, which ends up being street promotion for a sleazy cabaret club. He's desperate enough to take the job, but freaks out when he runs into Yotsuya inside. In order to keep it a secret, Yotsuya blackmails Godai into buying him drinks all night and ends up bringing the ne- rest of the tenants in the next night for the same treatment sort of trapping Godai into the situation where either his secret is revealed or he continues to fund his friends drinking and debauchery every night. I did love this uh this little this arc where he's at the the cabaret club. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I like this uniform that he's wearing where he's got mm-hmm. this like vest or something on with a collar that says <laughs> cabaret on it. Real on the nose. Yep, he's got the the headband too. Yeah, and I like all the like nightlife and neon signs we're seeing. Uh, some real uh, what's what's the name of the game again that Yakuza. you've been playing? Yeah, some real real yeah, Yakuza, Yakuza Zero I vibes. I can remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Down to like the little Odin place where they're just like sitting at the bench, like um, getting food and drinks and stuff. You can chill at those in Yakuza Zero too. Dang, we need the collab between Takahashi and yakuza dude for real i would be down okay i would be down for a takahashi manga that like adapt adapts the uh the yakuza story that would be pretty heat yeah i feel like some of the most interesting drawings in mason akoku have been set in like the red light districts mm-hmm. or like what's it called like the soap something the, well those are the yeah those are called like the soap the soap lands or something like that which yeah. are basically like the strip clubs yeah in uh, chapter 123, the blackmail continues and Kyoko gets suspicious as she keeps seeing the entire house return at the same time, late at night, every night. Later, Kyoko and Mitaka hang out in the city and they notice Godai in his promotional getup outside of the club. 
Godai doesn't notice him, but Nikaido does threaten to reveal his secret anyway. So even though he doesn't realize Kyoko and Mitaka know his secret, he assumes it's going to be revealed anyway. Mm-hmm. We get another appearance from Nikaido here. Yeah, no, he actually plays a part this time, and he, you know, he he sucks this time too. He's just ruining it for everyone. I do like his abstract, extremely eighties sweater where that has like all these weird squiggles and graffiti like patterns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, like uh, Akami like dumps water on him outside of the the house. He hit these panels of him like stomping up the stairs, soaking wet, are pretty funny too. He's also always smoking cigarettes. True. He he's kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. if he weren't such a lame character. I'd kind of dig him. Yep, um, exactly. I also enjoy how Kyoko's hot dog carvings have gotten more and more complex over time. They went, they went from the traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went from the traditional octopi, and now they're like, you know, they've got eyes. They have mm-hmm. multiple arms. There's a hard-boiled egg with a face drawn on it. Yep. Um, also notice too on page 19, there's a big billboard in the city that just says potato on it. <laughs> yeah, is this like a streetwear brand in yeah. the world of Mace on a Koku? <laughs> this, this is Obey in, in 80s Japan. <laughs> in uh, chapter 124, later that night, he runs into Kyoko at the house who tells him that she understands everything and kind of sulks away. The next morning, she doesn't speak to him. Kyoko calls the school later, only to find out herself that he'd been laid off due to budget cuts. She's still mad at him, but she feels a bit more sympathy and continues to make lunch for him as usual. Yeah, Kyoko really has no willpower. She's she's willing to give Godai the benefit of the doubt, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... Yeah kind of whack mm-hmm. yeah still going crazy with the bento boxes though this one is this one's so good oh yeah i mean she needs to be on like some sort of cooking program yeah great bento bake-off or something like that exactly <laughs> yeah because not only like she's still continuing with the octopus hot dogs but this mm-hmm. time now the octopi have like facial expressions and yeah they're like cheering bands. them on mm-hmm <laughs> There, there's a rabbit sort of, I guess, like, sculpted onto a piece of seaweed. There's little, like, the hard-boiled eggs have made a reappearance, but this time they're inside of little nests. Mm-hmm. She's written the word chin up in American <laughs> cheese slices. She's going yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, Kyoko... This is what Kyoko should be doing, is making, like, novelty bento boxes. Yeah, we got we got the Shokugeki no Sanji One Piece Food Wars collab. And mm-hmm. once uh, once once Takahashi's done with the Yakuza collab, she and the Food Wars, <laughs> people need to get together. Because it there looks we like go. Tenmaku Cinema is about to be canceled anyway. Yeah, the, yeah they're going to be looking for a job, so... <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, 125, Mitakia finds out about the Godai scandal and tells Kyoko that she deserves better. Soon after, Godai ends up enlisted as the unofficial babysitter for the club girl's kids. Later, Mitaka finally tries to break things off with Asuna for real, only to have her freak out on him to such a dramatic extent that she convinces herself that it never happened. I love after he like breaks up with her, she just like trust falls backwards. It's so good. <laughs> and Mitaka's like facial expression is hilarious. Also love every time she cries, she just has like so many tears. It's uh very very Ichinose family. True. One character that we've been seeing a bit that I haven't mentioned yet is uh godai's boss at the club mm-hmm. I-, I love his design he's got this like pencil thin mustache he's always looking completely exhausted and here he's like carrying a baby in a backpack <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's awesome i love that it sets up this little thing where like godai is the the babysitter for the cabaret yeah it's we'll, we'll see that over the next few chapters, and it, it's a pretty fun story arc that I hope. I mean, I, I we'll see later 
mm-hmm. think it's probably going to become a big part of the story from here on out. Yeah. Also, what what great employee benefits? They just got like daycare right there, man. Yeah, for real. This is like a world's most ethical strip club. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, daycare is like a thousand bucks a month or something. Yeah, uh, Godai, Godai kind of is a saint for this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been looking more and more, uh, he's becoming more and more of a role model over time. I, I, I'm, I've grown to respect him more. Yeah, he's he's doing a, a little bit better now. In uh, 126, Mitaka sees Godai outside the Akoku house and tells him that he's finally broken off his engagement and plans to propose to Kyoko that Saturday. When he tries to make plans with her, though, he realizes that it's her annual day to go visit uh, Soichiro's grave. The two show up early to the grave site that morning to thwart each other's plans, and then they start fighting. As they see Kyoko arriving, they both hide behind a tombstone. I love, um, I love Godai's like little bag that he's using to carry all the all the blocks. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty pathetic. Here. Uh-huh. It looks like. I mean, I guess maybe they actually use these, but like if, if you ever see like a thief in like a Japanese story or something like that, they've always <laughs> yeah. got that little thing like tied around them. And he, that's just like straight up what he's using. It's hilarious. Yeah, he looks like that thief character from Kirby. He's like the little, uh, yes. mm-hmm. little like cat ninja guy with the bag on his back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, in 127, when Kyoko's family notices the flowers that Mitaka set out on Soichiro's grave, he pops out from hiding to introduce himself, and her folks seem very impressed with him. While Mitaka goes and meets with her family, Kyoko notices Godai in hiding and dumps water on his head, but she also mentions that she doesn't plan on remarrying anytime soon. Um, Kyoko's parents once again uh, being the worst characters in this series. Yeah, just horrible. Her mom in particular. The dad is maybe a little more redeemable, but yeah, the mom is just atrocious. And this one kind of gets like, we sort of continue this story in 128, where Kyoko's mom really wants Mitaka to marry her daughter, but her dad isn't feeling him. And then later at Mitaka's tennis class, we find out to everyone's surprise that Asuna has also signed up for lessons. This one, the twist at the end, I actually thought was kind of cool. Like, that's where, that's what I want to see more of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I also love the the pages where Asuna is, like, walking up to um, Mitaka. Her face is, like, real weird. And she's also, she's out here playing, like, jeans. And then Mitaka's face on the <laughs> next page is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to describe this. He- mm-hmm. He looks like his face is melting. Yeah. <laughs> and his mouth is extreme. Like the line used to draw his mouth is extremely thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's like sprinting away from her in the, the falling panel. Also, he's dressed like a referee. That is a not the best fit we've seen in this series. Yeah, a rare, a rare fashion miss from Takahashi. Mm-hmm. He's also, yeah, in the next page, it, sh- it shows, like, further out, he's got shorts with, like, the tall socks on. He's probably got, like, the Nike Elites. And this is, like, a long sleeve tennis shirt. What's he, what's he got going on here? Yeah, I guess he's been, like, so stressed out, he just has no time to think about the outfits he's putting together anymore. Yeah, that's, the, that's probably the best explanation. And then finally in chapter 129, uh... Oddly enough, during the tennis practice, Asuna and Kyoko kind of get along, even though they still like have a rivalry blooming. Mm-hmm. And later, we find out that Asuna hasn't told anyone that Mitaka broke up with her. When Godai hears what's going on, he feels as though he's won in the battle between the two guys. That night, though, one of the club girls leaves her kids with him and a note that says she's running off and entrusting the kids to godai to raise um this was an absolute i I mentioned the last twist was crazy but this was one of the more shocking twists in mason okoku Mm -hmm. yeah i love not only like abandoning your kids but abandoning them with godai like you'd be (laughs) you might be better off just like leaving them outside the cabaret club yeah exactly um the one like sort of running gag that I do appreciate in the series is that like anytime Godai gets a win, it's immediately followed by just something devastating that completely un un upends his whole life. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Also love this character who who does like leave her kids. She cracks me up too. Yeah, the the like bunny girls in the series are actually kind of underrated as characters. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. a lot more interesting than like eighty percent of everybody else in the series. Yeah, or even the other Ikoku members that you know, none of them other than Yotsuya have played like a part in the past four volumes. Yeah, like I was, I was kind of rooting for Godai to end up with this girl. Mm-hmm. I'd, also, I'd, ra- I'd rather see that. Absolutely. Also, the Bunny Cabaret has a pretty sick logo. I'm just realizing too. Yeah, the sign out front is is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Like they've got pretty good branding. They have like, em- like you said, employee benefits. Yeah, dude. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rocking, kind of rocking with this club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bunny Cabaret Club is on the up and up. <laughs> all right any other uh volume 12 notes nothing for me do we want to hop into our our what went wells yeah um so i think for me this didn't really happen as much in the first half of the series but i've kind of enjoyed godai's like post-college arc of just taking l after l and not mm-hmm. just like minor setbacks. This dude is like really suffering, and it's kind of satisfying to see that. Yeah, and it makes for more interesting stories as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, it's what Godot deserves. He deserves uh, exactly. suffering. <laughs> yeah, my first moment, well, is uh, the whole kind of like cabaret club arc thing. I think it gives us like some cool locations for Takahashi to draw and like cool outfits. We've also got introduced to, like a number of like fun characters like the the owner of the club like we said the the girl who like abandons her kid and it seems like it's at least setting up for an arc that like you know godai having like raised these abandoned kids is a lot more compelling than like any of the other little arcs we've had set up so far so you know i'm not uh so I'm cautiously optimistic because you know I've I've now read this series for 130 chapters so I'm sure it will be handled poorly but you know, <laughs> if it's not, I could see it being cool. Also, I think at the beginning of the series, we were really like, we enjoyed the humor of it. And I think we've actually kind of gotten back to that. Yeah. I feel like the jokes are kind of landing more. I love the whole thing with like Mitaka learning to enjoy dogs and now he's like obsessed with them. I mm-hmm. feel like that was a some like well-written comedy yeah. that tied into the plot of the series. Mm-hmm. and made for some fun illustrations as well yeah and then my final one well is sort of plays into my last one but i think we've actually finally got some like decent new characters like it had been a yeah. while like that everyone else introduced has just been nightmarishly bad but like i said we've got the uh <laughs> we've got the cabaret club guy now who's like probably the the best new character we've we've gotten um so, you know, that that's nice to see that, that Takahashi still has it in her to create, like, fun characters. Agreed. Um, all right, Jude, what's, uh, what's your first gripe for us? Yeah, so I think for me, Yagami is still part of the series, and I feel like we should have kind of, we, we should have had an end to that subplot. I don't really want her to be a part of the main cast. Mm-hmm. I don't really hate her so much as a character, as I just, like, the dynamic... <laughs> Uh, yeah. between her godai and kyoko mm-hmm. uh creeps me out so much that i really just want like a definitive end to that story arc it, it just keeps sticking around yep i'm with you yeah it's still there and also we didn't see kozoe at all this volume yeah. so like we, we're what still juggling kozoe in there too it's like there's there's now too many people to keep up with yep and Takahashi can't keep up with them because, like I said, we <laughs> didn't even see Kozoe. Um, my first gripe is, um, uh, I'm going to say uh, Asuna's little arc still. It, her, like, the continuation with, with Mitaka, he, like, can't break it off, I think is still, it's similar to the Yagami thing. It's, like, getting a little tired. Like, we've, we've just been kind of spinning the wheels here for the, the same thing, chapter after chapter after chapter, when it, when it comes to, to Asuna. Yeah, and um, I think for me, my other gripe is I feel like we we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but time is moving so mm-hmm. fast in the series. I don't think this would be such a big deal if I were reading it bi-monthly in the magazine, but yeah. reading it in big chunks, I'm like, man, every few chapters, it seems like we have Christmas, we have the like 
going to Soichiro's grave arc. Mm-hmm. While everything else is not progressing, like characters aren't progressing, plots aren't progressing. I, I honestly wish she just wouldn't have like tried to do the whole experiment where like the passage of time is kind of moving in real time. Because I think that's what's going on, mm-hmm. but she's a slow. I, I feel like the way things are moving in the story and the way things are moving with like time in the story are really incongruous because i'm like is this really been going on for five years yeah exactly yeah we've only made like such little progress like we've now basically been dealing with asana for like two years right and and it's like oh she's she still is like her family really doesn't see think it's that weird that they haven't moved forward with this engagement yet Mm -hmm. yeah yeah or like mitaka i want to say like maybe last volume or sometime earlier in like volume 11 or something like that they say something like that they hadn't seen mitaka in like months basically when he was like training the dogs it would be an easy fix just don't put the christmas chapters and the soichiro's grave chapters in there exactly and don't put the references to the passage of time and the series is much better. You can just have them hit milestones like Godai graduating, and you don't have to put it on like a specific time peg. Mm-hmm. Just move things when you feel like it. That's what every other manga artist does, and I think there's a reason you don't see characters like age in real time in any other manga series. Yeah, exactly. Um, my final gripe is going to be the other uh, Ikoku members are very underutilized lately. We've only really gotten Yotsia who's like doing stuff, Akami has made no appearance other than to just be like a background character, like does something every now and then. And even like Mrs. Ichinose is like, isn't really being used. Her kid is totally mm-hmm. gone out of the story. Like whatever happened with her, her husband, husband like, this- <laughs> yeah, her husband who was like trying to find a job and stuff like this would be a good time to bring him back in and be like, once again, yeah, the economy really sucks. Like they're just, totally like thrown by the wayside and they're only there to like you know pop in with like a one-liner yeah um it's all right very weird mm-hmm. all right jude who's your uh who's your your tenant of the week man i think it's gotta be mitaka this week um mm-hmm. loved the whole arc with him and the dogs yep i feel like we actually with that see a little bit of progression in his character and i just like to see him make a definitive move one way or the other. I would assume we're going to see that soon because the series is about to end. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. As we're like sort of approaching the end, I'm like, Mitaka might be in the MVP running for this series. He's kind of been a sleeper pick, but he hasn't annoyed me so much that I've like hated his character at any point. Yeah. He's kind of just been consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been... Yeah, he's been... Now he's having a little upturn at the mm-hmm. end um my character of the week i don't think we've given it to this character i'm gonna go with godai actually i think godai is actually mm. pretty good in these volumes like i said his little thing with the cabaret club is fun uh you know we get more like multiple instances in these of like him just kind of like getting shit on by the world um and i actually think like you know this little thing at the end here that we're setting up for like this this new arc we're gonna have to like raise these kids maybe is pretty fun so actually Kind of have to, kind of have to give it to Godai this time. He was, he he doesn't really do anything that's like that that creepy this time either, which is you know definitely progression from him. Yeah, controversial pick, but I I see it. I, mm-hmm. I respect it. Yep. Yeah. Like, look, he's not. It, there's no other week when we could really give it to him. So you kind of have to. You take what you can get with Godai. Definitely. <laughs> um. All right, Jude. Who's uh who's sleeping with Soichiro this week? Yeah, I I hinted at it a bit earlier, but for me, it's got to be Kyoko. Mm -hmm. She's really going out of her way to, like, fight with a teenager over a guy. She's giving her... She's, like, getting drunk with her on New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. And this isn't, like, giving a kid a sip of alcohol. She's, like, pouring up. Yep. Just being like, are you sure you want to get this drunk? Like, honestly, with that, with her, like, leading people on for five years... And her being so stupid as to just, like, not acknowledge any of Godai's flaws beyond getting occasionally, like, pissed or jealous with him. Mm-hmm. Like, man, she's a horrible character. Yeah, she's awful. Yeah, very, very poorly written, like, 
Yeah, you can't ever, like, cheer for Kyoko. Exactly. She's just, she comes, I, I wanted to root for her, but she just comes across as, like, so naive and annoying. It's hard mm-hmm. to even, like, imagine her as being a real person. Yep, definitely. Um, for my character, I'm going to do Mr. Yotia. I think every time he's kind of introduced in these um, volumes, it's like he's fine at best, but mostly just pretty annoying. Like his part with like Goda at the Cabaret Club, where he's like bringing all the people around was just like, I don't know, it just felt like filler to get Goda to like tell um, Kyoko that he's working there. I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. His part with Yagami to just like extend that is pretty annoying. I just, I don't think he's like, He's not that great of a character. His joke is the same every single time. And unlike Miss Ichinose's, where her joke is also the same every single time, it's like that fills a page. Yosia's fills a chapter or two. And it's just, it's kind (laughs) of, it's pretty boring and exhausting at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that does it for Mason Okoku this week. Uh, Next week, we'll have volumes of. what are we at? 13 and 13 and 14. Uh, I think there's only 15 volumes. So we have like one, we have two more episodes left, I guess of it. Um, Jude, before we head out, do you have any other like last minute recommendations or anything like that? Yeah. I'm always late to watching TV shows. So I feel like I, I don't watch stuff until it's like already been out. Mm-hmm. But uh, my girlfriend and I started watching the bear on Hulu mm-hmm. a few days ago. And I thought the series is pretty fire, actually. Um, yeah. I'm sure everybody's already like heard of it and knows what mm-hmm. it's about, but it's kind of a cool like slice of life type series that takes place in the kitchen of a restaurant. And even though there's like a lot of you know anxiety and high pressure situations, and, like fast paced plot lines. It's actually more of a cozy show than you would expect. I agree. Any, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, anytime you hear people talk about it, they're like, oh, it just stressed me out. It's like, I, I can see it, but I don't know. It was just felt more like, yeah, like a slice of life, like watching people run a restaurant. I don't know. I never got the this like kind of dread or anxiety that other people, I guess, got when they, they watch it. Yeah, I felt I felt like Food Wars was a lot more <laughs> anxiety inducing <laughs> than The Bear, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, also have, we got up to like the end of season one, but okay. I haven't started season two yet. But I'm feeling the one like pastry chef character. He's he's my favorite mm. thus far. Yeah, I watched. I don't know if I finished the first season or not. I watched quite a bit of it, but I don't remember. I don't remember where I left off or if I completed. I definitely did not watch any of the second season, though. Um, but yeah, I thought that show was pretty cool. Also, I really loved Shameless, so I liked seeing that guy uh, come back for mm. basically playing like a very similar role. If we're being honest, yeah, that's one series I've always like heard so much about and haven't mm-hmm. seen. But I feel like it's one of those ones where, like I know all the characters. I just yeah. don't know anything that happens. Yeah, I mean, Shameless is definitely just some kind of like trash tv but i've i've watched it through like probably four or five times my roommates and i would finish yeah. it and then be like do we just want to like start shameless up again and we'd, <laughs> we'd rewatch it <laughs> um yeah my recommendation this week um let me see i watched uh i guess i'll come out with an, another like kind of late recommendation mine is like by 10 years is uh, i watched moneyball for the first time last week or the week before and uh yeah that movie was pretty fire too um it rocks love love jonah hill he's actually like very good in in that movie too brad pitt great in that movie also um pretty cool it was funny that there's like no mention in that movie of eric chavez or the three cy young candidates that the the a's had during that season (laughs) (laughs) like you you know if you watched it you'd you'd think that they you know made it to the playoffs off the back of these like scrap heap guys which is (laughs) really true but uh yeah i mean it was a fun movie to watch love love any talk of spreadsheets in a movie too so yeah um i'll be interested to see if we we get a similar movie about the cincinnati reds like 10 mm. years from now because mm-hmm. i feel like we're, we're seeing something similar play out in real time they've yep. stolen like 30 more bases than any other team in the league right now mm. they've got like the minor league avengers emerging <laughs> during mm-hmm. the summer to like 
completely flood the rookie of the year running. Yep. That's that's my pitch for the studios. Ten years from now, we need the Moneyball 2 Cincinnati Reds edition. I was going to say, stealing all the bases like the reverse Moneyball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they've, like, they've flipped the, uh, they flipped the zeitgeist mm-hmm. of the game. Yep. Yeah, honestly, like, really, the next one I'd like them to make is the one about the uh, the Sixers. Like the the process would be pr- a pretty great movie too. We need <laughs> we need that it, one. Just blowing it up. The title right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fire. But yeah, uh, so that's my my rec is uh, check out Moneyball if you have not watched it in the past ten years, like like myself. Um, go peep that. But yeah, that'll do it for us this week. On Sunday, we'll have our next Shonen Jump episode, and then the following week we'll be we'll have the the penultimate uh, Mason Okoku episode. We're we're finishing it up, so it's time to start thinking about what we're uh, what we're covering next. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So yeah, thanks for listening. Give us the the rating review wherever you can do that, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time.